0: Uh, We'll just come back to our gospel reading now.
1: Thank you for that, Lindsay. Mm -hmm. And our gospel reading for today is from the gospel according to St. John in the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 14. Jesus said to the disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. But Thomas said to him, Lord, We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the good news, the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So today I get the the preaching role. Although I'm going to, uh, as we've been doing, invite Keith and Lindsay to, to join in later. This text, of course entire books have been written about this text. And so there's no way in one sermon on Zoom on a Sunday morning, we're going to get at everything. So I'm going to try and and kind of take a piece of it and, um, and sort of work with that piece. I know that probably for many of you, the very first part of this 14th chapter of John's Gospel is somewhat familiar. You've probably heard it at a funeral. I had two funerals this week and this was the text at both of them. When we read um, Jesus saying, Let not your hearts be troubled. I've prepared a place. Those are words of great comfort and assurance at funerals, aren't they? I sometimes even ask people at a funeral to try to imagine What that room might look like that had been prepared for their loved ones, what would be on the walls, what things might be um, familiar in that place. At a funeral, those words console. They connect um, the people who have gathered in grief to the God who has welcomed the person who has left them in this life. But today, we have the opportunity to hear the words a little bit differently. We are not at a funeral. Today, we are at the fifth Sunday in the season of Easter. So as we read these words today, we read them kind of in a weird sort of time warp. So here we are in the time of the church year where we are singing hallelujahs and where we are proclaiming Christ is risen. But we're catapulted back because when Jesus speaks these words to the disciples, it is on the night in which he was betrayed. Judas has just left the room with betrayal, ready, and waiting. They are in the room having supper, and in a little while, Jesus will pick up bread, and he will say, this is my body, and he'll take wine, and he'll say, this is my blood, and he'll offer it to them so that they will remember when he's gone. But they don't even have all those pieces yet. So today, we hear the words completely differently. And I think this juxtaposition of time is really, really helpful because it reminds us that so much of gospel is about what was and what is and what will be all coming together in the place where God dwells. This um, aspect of a dwelling place, of a place to abide is so rich in John's gospel. Because the abiding place, the dwelling place is not so much uh, a room like we know a room with four walls and a roof, but it's the place where God comes to make a home. It's the place where God chooses to be and to live. And so it's that life of God in Christ, abundant now and abundant in the kingdom. So we can really grasp it. We can really hang on to it, and Jesus starts by saying, "Don't be, don't be troubled." I love that verse. Jesus doesn't say, "Don't be afraid." He doesn't say, "Here, don't be um, anxious." He doesn't say, "Don't be sad." He doesn't say, "Don't be confused." He says, "Don't be troubled." That is to say, don't be in this place of knowing that things are changing in a way that makes you so worried that you lose hope. It reminds me of the text in Thessalonians where we read, do not grieve as those who have no hope. In this text, do not enter into the place where Jesus is going to the cross, to death, to resurrection and ascension as those who are troubled in spirit. Because when we have this juxtaposition of time, at the same point as Jesus is telling them that he is leaving, we know that Jesus is coming back and will say, Shalom, peace be with you. So what does that mean? What does that mean that a place is being prepared? What does that mean that there is a room, a dwelling place? Not only, as we say in funerals, for that life beyond this life, but in this place, in this place where God has entered in. Because, of course, in John's gospel, the incarnation, that's like the root of it, right? The word made flesh and dwelling, there's the word again, with us, making a home with us, abiding with us. So I got to thinking about when I um, moved away from Rochester, New York. I'd lived in Rochester, New York for um, a pretty long period of time, about 25 years, but it was not only a long period of time, but it was a significant time in my life. I began my ordained ministry there. I began my ministry as a chaplain there. My kids grew up there. I forged friendships that, you know, those wonderful adult friendships that you know that no matter where you go, they're the friendships that are going to last in that place. A lot of things happened there. And so when I left, I tried to imagine what it would be like to come back. And one of my friends said, Ghislaine, anytime you come back, you have a place to stay. And from that moment, and it's now been seven years, every time I call up and say, hey, I'm coming into to Rochester for the weekend, She says to me, your room has been prepared. Every time she says that. And then I get there. And what she means is not that she has set up some wonderful palatial room with all the appointments. What she means is, I have prepared my heart that you are welcome. We are making a home together for this time that you are here. It's about our relationship with one another, not the room in her home. And that's what this is in our gospel today. When Jesus says to them that when he goes, he is preparing a place, he is reminding them that in Christ, in Christ, we have that dwelling place with God. We have that place where our lives and God's lives become a home base. I think that's really important right now. As I'm looking at you from my living room and Lindsay's in her living room and Keith is somewhere else and all of you are other places, the dwelling place, the place that has been prepared is not about the rooms that we're in, the walls around us, but it's about that place where god has come to make a home in each of us in a relatively old and probably now seen as archaic um, commentary on the book of john by Rudolf schenkenberg who i like just because i like to say his name he talks about the community of god's people and he talks about that community as being set not by time or space or by the external community that they live in but by who they are and their activity in god what sets them apart as the people of god what draws them together so that that community where god dwells is ever changing ever growing it is not set by time or space or walls, but by relationship, by the longing that God has. And so when Jesus says these great I am statements, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, as Lindsay just taught us to say in a new and different way. But also, I'm the shepherd when you feel like a sheep and you're lost. I'm the vine when you need to be connected and you need growth. I'm in the spaces where you are so that you have that dwelling. In a little while, Keith's going to hold the bread and he's going to hold the cup and we'll all be in different places. But we will be in the place that God has prepared for us in Jesus, in the bread, in the wine, in the word, in the indwelling of God's spirit with us. So I wondered in this time when we are hearing this gospel text, not in a funeral, not in a church building, but in our individual places, I wondered what new thing is God doing to speak to us about the dwelling place The home that God is making with us and in us and for us in this time and place. And I wondered if maybe the question that the text raises for us this week is what does the dwelling place prepared by Christ look like for you today in what we're going through? How does that sense of God dwelling with you wherever you are and whatever you're going through allow you to not be troubled, but to hear God's peace and to imagine some new dwelling that God is creating even in this time where we are the community, not together, but separate, but absolutely together in God's love. God has made the dwelling place and we know the way. The way is Jesus, way, truth, life, abiding in and with us, God at home, wherever that is.
0: Amen. Amen, thank you, Pastor G. I think that uh, just in response to your your message, that uh, I can easily get to that troubled place. And a lot of my spiritual practice in this time has been um, a lot of meditation and prayer about reminding to be in the place that I am in the present rather than the place that I think I should be or the place that is a day from now or two months from now or a year from now. And continually living in the future as opposed to living in the present. And I find when I get troubled, it's because I'm not here. I'm there. Um, and feeling this push and pull and, and you know, the way you describe that the dwelling place of God so beautifully um, is that the dwelling place of God is here now and um, not somewhere else, not dependent on what's going to happen, not dependent on, um, the person that I'd rather be or want to become uh or my own self improvement like God is dwelling here and yesterday I really tried hard to unplug and was largely successful and um but I found this tension between like um just just unplugging enough to be present to what was going on which was really wonderful stuff that we were doing together as a family yesterday but I had to kind of get through the I have to let that go and be fully here, which my kids invite me to do, to know that and I wouldn't have described it that way until you shared your message, you know, that, that this here and now is the dwelling place of God, the place where God invites me, the place where God meets me. So thank you.
2: Yeah, uh, thank you, Pastor G. I've been thinking a lot about people during this time who um, who safety nets are failing. I've been thinking a lot about the houseless community or on Mother's Day for those who um, are struggling with this holiday this year. And I think your message about God's dwelling place being connected to communion is really helpful for me today as a reminder that in in eating communion and just in the existence of the Holy Spirit, like God's dwelling in me and inviting me to dwell in and with God. Um, and then that is true when our English language fails us on ways to explain God's goodness to people, right? Like this fabulous camp song sort of based off this message that God has this big house with lots and lots of room fails when people haven't experienced having a house or their own room on this earth and a lot of ways that we describe God fail, fail God's goodness, right? Our English language cannot capture how good God is saying that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life for people who have prayed and not seen that come true. That scripture fails them a little bit, but the way you explained God's dwelling as experiential um, sort of draws me back into where the spirit is moving in these days and also hats off to you and that it's really difficult to explain when, (laughs) um, (laughs) the English language is failing us. Um, but yeah, that reminder this morning that God is calling each of us to sit with God and to partake in communion and to trust God's goodness, regardless of what our current situation might look like. Um, was something I needed to hear this morning. So thank you.
1: One of the things that I love about John's gospel is that because there's so much symbolic language, you you kind of have to enter into it in a new way because already the language doesn't work. And so John is saying, listen, you got to draw some pictures. You got to figure out some some relational stuff because the words will never be enough. But at the same time as the words are not enough, the word is enough because it's here in fleshed in us. So, so blessings to all um, as you find your dwelling place with God this week.
0: Thank you.